This podcast is proudly sponsored by Simmental Australia. The versatility and strength in both maternal and terminal trays should make Simmental's your first choice crossbreeding partner. So isn't it time you took your Simmental advantage? This podcast is proudly sponsored by Simmental Australia. The versatility and strength in both maternal and terminal trays should make Simmental's your first choice crossbreeding partner. So isn't it time you took your Simmental advantage? Welcome back to episode three of the Australian Simmental Association's Celebration of 50 Years podcast. It's so exciting to bring another incredible story to you. Today's guest is someone who many of you out there will know, but parts of her story are just truly remarkable. And as she shares her highlights, some of the challenges, adversities that she's faced, she really has made a mark and the Simmental breed has really been such a huge part of her life. Audrey Waitman has dedicated a lifetime to the Simmental breed. And at the Sydney Royal in April of 2022, Audrey was recognised and inducted as a life member of the Australian Simmental Association. As she shares in this chat, it absolutely caught her by surprise and it'll go down as one of her life's highlights with the Simmental breed. Audrey's family sold their farm in the UK following a motorway being built right through it. It was as she left the UK that she had seen the first Simmental bulls. And as she migrated to Australia alongside her husband David and family, she set out to start farming again. Upon arriving in Australia, her family settled in Western Australia for its temperate climate, a larger property than back home in the UK, and it was here that they set about making their fresh start in farming. They found a little spot called Margaret River, but back then it was a town that was struggling. And since then, you may know the area, it's slightly more renowned as one of Australia's premier wine-growing regions. Audrey has been a member of the Simmental Society for 49 years, the breed that she says has been my life. They've taken her around the world looking at the breed. She says the trips built up her memory bank. She's often reminded just of what her life has been like through the breed. Enjoy the chat. Audrey Waitman, um, it's really exciting to have you here for a chat, particularly after what has been a big and maybe surprising trip to Extremely Sydney. surprising. <laughs> I'll kill everybody. <laughs> I still can't believe it. It's, uh, the the honour was fantastic, you know, and especially with Tom Baker that has done so much for the breed. It has been my life, 49 years, but... Uh, didn't know that other people had noticed I was there. <laughs> what was it like when it was announced last night? It slowly dawned and, oh no, oh no, I'm going to have to go. <laughs> uh, no, it was good. I wasn't expecting anything because I've only been a member for 49 years and I knew the people were with, that had been members for 50 years were uh, going up or an award, but uh, I thought I'd missed out on that. <laughs> 49. So close. Had a lot of fun in that time. <laughs> Tell me a little bit ab- about it. Um, well, we came from England, em- emigrated, a motorway went through us as a bypass to that. We Margaret River bypass went through us <laughs> a few years ago as well, so I don't know. From... <laughs> anyway, a motorway went through us, and just as we were leaving to come here to Australia... We saw the first cemental wolves that were imported from Switzerland into England. 
by relations of ours. And when we got our farm in the southwest of Western Australia, we realized that the Vela market, the baby beef market, uh, as it was called, uh, the cemental topsire on would produce those fantastic calves. And it sure worked. Even in the middle of the beef slump, we got premium prices offered by butchers for the nine of the for the only nine cemental calves that we had. And that really backed our judgment. Uh, we started entering the steers in the steers in the local competitions and started winning and I used to say we'd got a wink keel like Alan Bond had. But uh and then we sold bulls to people and everybody had a wink keel. <laughs> but uh, yes, the cemeteries have taken off because they are so adaptable. I've been lucky enough to go on various trade missions all over the world and I've seen them adapt to plus 40 degrees in Namibia or minus 40 degrees in Canada. They can do it. And they can put on fat if you're wanting a fat animal or in Europe where they don't want the uh, uh, the excess fat, they can do the minus uh, below four mils of fat. They, they do just do what, what you want. It's fantastic. Incredibly versatile. Tell me, tell me a little bit about growing up back in England, growing up on a farm, obviously. Oh, yeah, but it was a dairy farm. But that was black and white. But it wasn't, it wasn't the Holsteins that you have here in Australia. It was more like a, a black and white cemental, a dual-purpose breed. And they would do both jobs. So, of course, it was quite simple to transition into what we saw, apart from the black and white bit. <laughs> it took a while to get used to. <laughs> colour. Yeah. And, of course, now we're getting blacks in and reds in, and I've got to get used to three <laughs> different <laughs> colours, but they're all good. And so you mentioned a motorway came through your farm, and that was what split up the property back there. The M62, yeah. Took out your whole farm? No, no, it just took out half of it, but we were only 30 years old and too young to semi-retire. And we started looking at other farms in Yorkshire around, in the better areas, because we weren't in a good farming area. And, uh, oh, why is the farm to sell? Oh, we're going to Australia. Oh, we're going to... And at that stage, we thought we'd better have a look at Australia. So we came out for a look-see and liked what we saw. Liked the fact that the cows went and laid under a tree instead of all the expensive cattle housing. And so that uh, that, that, that put the farming part in, into perspective. And, and as I say, with the Simmentals, uh, following the Simmentals for so long, that's given an impetus to what our uh, life was. We've seen cementals in Argentina, Brazil, Peru, America, Canada, England, of course, Ireland, Denmark, Sweden, Switzerland, Austria, 
Namibia, South Africa, and New Zealand. Yeah, they've taken you around the world. They've taken me around the world. So, I've I I reckon that part was building up my memory bank. Didn't help the bank balance very much, but uh, as long as I don't get Alzheimer's, we're <laughs> I've got there's always something on TV or something like that to remind us of what my life has been. Yes, has it been a favourite favourite trip or favourite moment from? The uh, whole I suppose it, it it wasn't even cemental. It was up at uh, Machu Picchu and up in the Andes, going over the Andes by train and. Carriages coming apart and the train going on and leaving you, <laughs> leaving our carriage on t- on its own on top of the Andes. <laughs> oh my God, it's memorable. Oh, I've some memories. <laughs> Settling in WA, where, what other areas had you looked at when you when you came out? Well, um, WA because it was less populated. Where having been in the heavy industrial area of England, we wanted to have more countryside and the climate was just so 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 uh, temperate compared to others we went and looked at stations but that's a you've got to be bred specially for it to be a station person yeah to be a, a, a slight contrast to yeah. life in england yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, we we found a nice little place called margaret river uh, we were welcomed with open arms because the schools were uh, dying because of the uh, population going. As farms got bigger, there were less families. Then, of course, soon after us, the vineyards came in and it took off. <laughs> so so we, we got our land before, before the rush. So the wineries followed you, and that's not, not a bad way to be. So s- settling in, in Margaret River, WA, before the wineries got there. Yeah, before the wineries. And that's what... Financed our cementals. We uh, hit the beef slumps straight soon after we'd bought the farm, and still intend wanting to pay for semen and that sort of thing. So we uh, went to work on the vineyards, making cuttings from the prunings of uh, of the vineyards for other people to start vineyards. So I was doing 1,600 cuttings a day because it was piecework. Thunder, lightning, overhead. It was dedication that a lot of cemetery breeders haven't had to have. Yeah. (laughs) But we got our semen and we got our uh, first calves on the ground. And the artificial insemination wasn't as good in those days. And um, it was obvious that we were not getting everything in calf to carve at the right time. So we packed a freezer full of cheap beef, went across the Nullabar and ended up in Waterloo Station up in Queensland, or northern New South Wales. And we bought the second bull ever to be sold, a cemental bull ever to be sold in Australia. I worked it out, it cost the equivalent of 80 velas in those days. And we came back and you couldn't believe what we'd done. (laughs) (laughs) 
but it started us on the way and we we had bulls from then onwards so that was good tell me a bit more about the the involvement with with the cementals so where did you buy that second bull from uh, the first bull the first bull uh, was from waterloo station in and then the second one was um from north of perth in west australia where somebody had bought a New Zealand cow and had embryos and had these embryos on the ground and so we we used a 10-month-old bull and we had him for 12 years. He, uh, we were able to use him because we had commercial cattle as well as the few grading up cattle in those days. So we could continue to utilise him. He was a, did, a, did a world of good for us, yeah. He had a hell of a laugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He, uh, he, uh, in those days, they used to test for serving ability, capability, blocky test, it was called. And uh, he, at 12 years old, didn't bother going around the yard, cattle yards. He found a gate open, went in and did his three serves in, uh, in four minutes. <laughs> Self-service. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he, w- he, w- he, so that meant he was virile he's uh, at 12 years of age and uh, all his progeny have continued having uh, been very fertile and very productive and that's the biggest uh, that, but that's the bottom line is maternal ability and uh, and that sort of thing yes Simmentals offer the commercial industry a crossbreeding option and no other breed can match. Fast weight gains and superior milking ability are just a couple of the advantages you will gain when Simmental genetics influence your breeding program. Whether you breed them for the Vila market through to the heavy export market, there is a Simmental option out there in the colour of your choice. Isn't it time you took your herd to the next level in performance? Those, those early days were there. Did it really start to take off and get momentum quite quickly? The Simmental. Yes, group? yes. We had a, in the WA. We had a lot more members than we have now. Uh, I was checking up for, for, for Felicity to uh, uh, do the research on on, on this, and the number of uh, names that were members in those days, and went out of farming and you know various things. Um, I didn't have a lot to do with the Eastern States in those days. Apart from that one trip, it was nose to the grindstone and keep our head above water sort of thing uh, as uh, early farming days. But we uh, we used to get the cemental newsletters and journals. So a lot of the uh, history of the Eastern States I know, but only from photographs. It's, it was a long time before we could start actually crossing that uh, big divide and yeah. joining in, yeah. One thing we haven't touched on. So you, you, you did start again, and you men- started again when you came to Australia, and you mentioned that you were doing cuttings. How hard was it to get a start in agriculture um, back over here in Australia once you moved? Well, the, the joy was we could use uh, semen, and we could grade up from the cattle that, were on the farm that we bought. It's as simple as that. Now, in hindsight, wouldn't it have been nice to go out and buy really good 
females to uh, use that semen on. We hadn't that ability. We just uh, drew them on, and by process of elimination over the years, some families came through and nearly took over. Some families just couldn't hack the pace because we were very strict with the commercial part of it in calf a year, and uh, they had to be fertile and they had to do the job. So, yeah. How much has your business changed from those early years? Oh, <laughs> uh, we've seen lots of lots of change. Uh, the baby beef uh, production uh, production isn't anything like the main uh, part of WA, but uh, Simmons have learned uh, have earned the reputation with the steers anyway. So the next ste- step of uh, of their growth is steers, and we uh, topped the market with steers this year. Uh, which doesn't hasn't harmed the bull sales, and uh, for a, a while, three, or four, or five years, Ch- China was finding the cemental from breed plan herds were fitting their bill. They wanted the uh, statistics from the breed plan, so, and as sheer luck would have it. Top weight statistics worked in in line with everything else, and uh, we were exporting up to twenty five bulls a year into China, and we actually had a trip up there. I forgot I forgot about China. Uh, went up there to Mongolia, and we went up and saw our cattle there in the in the uh, in the uh, stations, bull stations, and. Uh, uh, made made a lot of friends as well, so that was very interesting. But of course, politics came came into play, and then that's no longer happening. But uh, it was very very interesting for, oh, as I say, five or six years. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that trip into China. What was it like? Ah. Uh, uh, well, David and I were treated like royalty. There were five of us all together, and um, another couple from West Australia, and Gary Gillett, uh, from uh, as vice president of, of of the society. But the reason we were treated like royalty was because we were older. They really revere their older generation, treat them with respect. In fact, I think I might retire there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it was, uh, it was a, an eye-opener about how, uh, how they uh, respect their elders. And uh, as I say, as we got up into Mongolia and off the beaten track to a, to a certain degree, uh, the chefs were coming out of the restaurants and wanting their photographs taken with us and... <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it was uh, it was very very interesting. Then we went out to villages and saw cattle on the small farm farms in the villages and saw they how they lived and how they worked and how nobody owns anything. It's all owned by the government and uh, they walk their cattle out to their allocated acreage to graze and very different. 
Yeah, it's incredibly eye-opening, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, as I say, again, made friends and memories. <laughs> Tell me about your business today. So Today, yeah. Today uh, we're in transition. Yeah, tell me a bit about that. Yeah, well, David and I, well, I'm 82. David's uh, a year older. (laughs) 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 And uh, obviously, physically, we can't do the heavy work that we used to do. And our son, unfortunately, has ankylosis spondylitis and is also uh, 20 years younger, but still not able to deal with cattle or anything. My luck is grandson is just as keen as mustard as I am. And he is is uh, showing himself extremely capable, works like a demon, and uh, made made all our own hay and still did $120,000 worth of contracting for other neighbours' hay. And, you know, so it's... He's having a go. And we are, Sam and I are looking at cattle with the same eyes, with the same aims. And uh, money can't buy that. That's something special. So, uh, yeah, that's our future. Were you ever worried um, that the years of hard work might be lost if the next generation weren't interested? Did that ever worry you? Uh, yeah, of course it did, yeah. I mean, you, you, you've put a lot into cattle that aren't just cattle. They're, uh, some of them are very special. The old show cows and things that we had, uh, they, uh, they become like family when you come to a show with them like this. And uh, as I say, that's where my luck is, that I had somebody wanting to follow it and very capable of following, so... Mm. And very keen. So yeah. what, it, Sam, is it? That's Sam, yeah, yeah. So Sam, how old is he now? Sam will be 28, yeah, yeah. And uh, he comes trundling up in an old ute that he paid $400 for about five years ago. The scales are bolted to it, the uh, gas cylinder and all the gears in the back and I trundle in beside him and we go off down the paddocks and he jumps out and grabs a calf and we lift it on the scales and wait. We've been waiting for many, many, well, 30 years. And um, he uh, he calls it out and I do the booking and check. Do we leave it a bull? Do we? Uh, yeah. And we make those decisions. We, we're even going to make the decision on the cow as to which bull the cow will go to. He's decided. <laughs> wow. But, yeah. It, it's, it's just so keen. What is it that keeps that passion going for you? It's, it's in your blood or it isn't. Ask any girl who's mad keen on horses. They, they, they'll go without themselves to buy the best saddle or the best gear for your horse. And it... it if you haven't got it, you can't put it there. It's just, uh, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a genetic default. <laughs> <laughs> and an addiction. <laughs> an addiction, yes, okay. <laughs> Simmental's had a, a heap, about 76, I think it was, 70-odd young kids come to the show. Yes, 
that youth program and looking around the sheds. There. Wondrous, wondrous. Uh, I I missed the youth that day. I didn't fly until the day after, but that uh, that's our future, definitely our future. And uh, as I say, uh, I can't wait for, wait for uh, West Australia to get the young people that are in it now to get another generation coming along because we oldies, we can't do that now. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got two questions I want to follow up with and, and probably round out with. One, the, the first one being, what's been, out of everything, uh, a favourite memory? And you can pluck one, first one that comes to mind, mate. Oh, last night. <laughs> Definitely it. last night, yeah. Uh, because it was such a surprise. As I say, memories of your know, championships at the Royal and, you know, things, things like that from happen. But, uh, yeah, that was very fresh in my mind. <laughs> yeah, mm. I bet. And recognised amongst your peers as, makes it extra special. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, yeah. So one other question. The 50 years of the breed, a lot has changed. It feels like there's quite a bit of momentum talking amongst different people. Where do you see the next 50 going? Ah, as long as we can keep our eye on the commercial aspects, not just the show ring, uh, it's, uh, yeah, the future's uh, an open book. But as long as we don't just follow one trait to win a blue ribbon we need to win every day in the uh, steer markets and the that that will keep the cemental going it's incredibly exciting audrey thank you so much for coming and having a chat and congratulations on your life membership <laughs> you made it very easy thank you well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Audrey's story as much as I did. It's, it's one that I think you could actually listen to a few times over because it just is so remarkable. Next week, we're sitting down with Peter Cook, or many of you may know him as Cookie, the man from the Central West out near Cooler, and his story is just a whole lot of fun. Can't wait to share it with you, so tune in and uh, make sure you follow, like and subscribe this podcast so you get alerts as the latest episodes are released. This podcast is sponsored by Simmental Australia. Unlock the potential in your herd and take it to the next level in performance. It's time to take your Simmental advantage. This podcast is sponsored by Simmental Australia. Unlock the potential in your herd and take it to the next level in performance. It's time to take your Simmental advantage.